This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 Virtual Ticket Presenting Sponsor, Amazon Music. Thank you so much. It's a great honor to be here representing uh, National Geographic. Uh, I spent 20 years at NPR News before I came to National Geographic, um, a place where has obviously ex uh, inspired many explorers in all of us. Um, today I'm going to be talking to you about surfacing untold stories, and we're going to do that through also learning about you know, how our yellow border can be a new opportunity for audio exploration so that explorers from around the world can find us in new and dynamic ways as we bring even immersive audio uh, to the forefront. So since 2019, uh, National Geographic has had the flagship show Overheard, um, and we have also produced Into the Depths, and today I'll be talking to you a little bit about both. With Overheard, we uh, became a weekly show in January of 2022. We have uh, produced over 100 episodes and are uh, supported, obviously, by National Geographic and some 500 million uh, supporters who follow National Geographic on social media. Um, in terms of our explorers, uh, some of the stories you might hear include uh, stories from explorer Tara Roberts, who is documenting uh, marine archaeologists and divers who are finding lost slave shipwrecks uh, from the transatlantic uh, slave trade, as well as uh, explorer Keely Yuan, who goes to many parts of the world looking for uh, hidden stories behind polar regions and also learnings from indigenous communities. And in fact, Keeley currently is in the Ecuadorian Amazon, and he has a Zoom H3 mic with him, uh, gathering some audio for future stories. But really, it's about bringing together explorers and giving them the tools to be able to be part of National Geographic. And one of the details was a river that boils. A river that boils? A river that boils, yes. I'm interested in the ways that all this amazing wildlife can live right next to us and thrive, and we don't recognize it. I decided to ditch everything, including my child, to join these divers, to tell stories about their work finding and documenting these ships. As I got to know the divers, the ships they had found, the stories of those who had been captured, I realized this was a way to come to grips with those 400 years, with this traumatic history. Through these ships, we could bring lost stories up from the depths and back into collective memory. So what is our responsibility when we bring uh, audio into this iconic brand? How can we create audio storytelling that is immersive and that really also catapults us into the future? We're doing it by working with different global communities and empowering them to share their own story. By having representation and culture in the staff that we create around the podcasts, in the content that we create, and in the innovation. With content, it's also around allowing for creative expression, different cultural expressions. And with innovation, it's making sure that the global explorers are also part of our exploration with immersive audio or spatial audio. 
So speaking of the first part, which is uh, creating teams that are diverse, uh, this is our uh, team at National Geographic's Overheard. Uh, we come from many different backgrounds, age groups, and interested in many different topics, and that's what helps uh, have our editorial teams be so dynamic and interesting. You know, working with explorers is by far my favorite part of making Like Nigerian conservationist Rachel Ashikafa-Kemen, who is working to stop drug cartels from taking over a chimpanzee sanctuary. And photographer Keely Rihanna, who spent years camping on sea ice with native whale hunters. Or National Geographic Explorer Tara Roberts, who's going to be hosting her own Nat Geo podcast series. I like stories that make me either discover new worlds or get to know my own a lot better. Like an episode I produced uh, with photographer Brian Carey, who dove underwater to the orca whale family. And we're anchored by Peter Gwen and Amy Briggs. Peter is an editor at large at National Geographic, and Amy Briggs is the executive editor of the History Magazine, bringing the DNA of National Geographic with them to our audio productions and allowing us to anchor our stories in environment, wildlife, history, adventure, only in ways that uh, Nat Geo can. And we also have a data-first approach to our editorial. And what that means is in a, in a time when the podcast audience is in fact more diverse than the United States population, we have a responsibility as media executives to be able to understand who are we speaking to? Are we making sure that the content we're creating includes different voices from different ethnic backgrounds, from different ages, from different regions of the world? Uh, what are the categories that we're covering? And so we use Airtable to be able to add metadata to every single episode that we do so that in time we can look back and look at the impact that we're having uh, featuring different voices. This is the team behind Into the Depths. I'll be talking to you about that in a minute. And again, really incredible coming together during COVID to produce uh, this amazing uh, limited series. The voices of the global explorers, again, bring you to this audio portal that uh, the yellow border allows us to do at National Geographic. We're gonna dig into creative expression. I'm gonna spend about 10 minutes talking about Into the Depths. Uh, when we began working with Explorer Tara Roberts, she had a National Geographic Society grant. Uh, she had been traveling around the world to many different African nations, as well as throughout the United States, speaking to divers and marine archaeologists about uh, the transatlantic trade slate and specifically the lost uh, shipwrecks that they were looking for. And uh, the event and the podcast uh, really also catapulted Tara Roberts to be able to do a lot more across the platform at National Geographic. She ended up on the cover of National Geographic, the first ever African-American uh, explorer to be featured on the cover of National Geographic. And finally, to the door of no return. These doors signify the last point on the African continent before captives were put on a boat, never to return home. There were sometimes literal doors, other times open spaces. There are many such doors along the coasts of Africa. For Tara, and the team that we brought around her, uh, the production of this uh, series took four months, 150 hours of tape, transforming data into poetry, scripting, editing, scoring, and mastering this six-part series. 
And it was important for Tara Roberts to also look at her community to see how she would represent this story. So there was a very poignant moment when um, the pastor of her family said to her that she should really think of uh, blessing the ancestors and getting their blessings and speaking their names before she started her production. If you can get into the, the essence, the spirit of those of our ancestors who were lost during that middle passage. Invite them, invite their blessing on the work. You can do so by prayer meditation. You come across names, speak their names, speak the names, speak the names. And then ask them to bless you. Ask them for permission to tell your story. Ask them to go before you to make the way straight, smooth, and harmonious. And then in so doing, you're tapping into the ancestral spirit that's always with us. We say it all the time. And this is how it manifested itself in the podcasts. Listen, I hold their stories in my arms. Stories from the depths of my ocean. I've memorized every inch of their heartbeats. There is a song growing in my waves we have not heard before. Listen. It speaks their names. And for director Francesca Panetta, who was the uh, director of the Into the Depth series, humanizing the story of the shipwrecks was difficult because for the most part, uh, the stories that were in the databases were information about the captains and their imports and exports. And so she turned to National Geographic explorer and spoken word poet, Aaliyah Pierce, who was part of the project as a researcher, and she said to her, I want you to now write poetry around the stories of these ships. How can we take verified facts and build them with your poetic expression? And so Aaliyah and Fran and Tara together created this scene uh, featuring uh, one of the moments from a ship in, in one of these ships. Can you hear it? Are you really listening to the reverberated rhythm, chorus of call and response, hand slap slapping on bare thighs, bare feet stop stomping on wooden boards? This hollow theater made of iron and wood brought together an orchestra of people across the continent. Instruments of human body and voice and ship crescendo into a song of strategy. Sounds of revolt amplifying through the very fibers of the floor. Disorganized performance of humanity deemed confusion was communication. Are you really listening? Rhythm and repetition beats booming in coordination through the acoustic architecture. Sound, a new language of resistance. A code only the 274 captured knew, built from the body as a reminder. I am still human. I am still here. Listen. 
And along the way, as a uh, science podcast, we also spoke to marine archaeologists, uh, to divers from Diving with Purpose, who were documenting the uh, shipwrecks. This was one of the first ships I heard about. Same for archaeologist Ayana Fluella. The project itself is a really sort of epic saga. The Guerrero was essentially a pirate ship that was carrying illicit cargo and that it was cargo were humans, they were enslaved Africans. For Ken Stewart, finding this ship has become his mission. For me, it's personal. It's the foundation of DWP's quest for this wreck. I don't want to validate our existence, but we could end this chapter. And for Carla Wills, the executive editor of the series, it was really important that we didn't focus on the trauma behind the story, that we actually humanized the story and imagined the people who were in these ships. Uh, so hopefully you are able to download it into the depths and be able to hear it for yourself. The next uh, story I'm going to talk about is our work on indigenous knowledge, that throughout the world, uh, and especially here in the United States, innovation and indigenous knowledge are shifting how we protect the environment in the 21st century. Uh, the US Forest Service is more and more turning to traditional indigenous knowledge in cases of dealing with wildfires, for example. And so uh, one of our explorers, Keely Yuan, has done a remarkable job. Uh, this is one of his stories. It was on the cover of the National Geographic magazine in addition to an episode on Overheard. So we got out of the car and we were looking at this devastation, this burned out bulk of a wreck of a vehicle and um, nothing left of the structure except some tin sheets on the ground and all burned up. And the first thing she did was she called out a bucket from the car and asked her, why did I even ask her? I was just watching her. I was like, what's in the bucket? You know, and, and she started tossing acorns around and she said, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for uh, me to heal the land by planting these acorns here. You know, um, right here in this place, originally, there weren't that many oaks. This is a chance for us to heal the land. And she said also that in healing land and planting the acorns and doing cocoa burning, all of this was also a chance for me to heal myself. So for senior editor Eli Chen and producer Alana Strauss, as they were producing this story, it was important to make sure that many different perspectives uh, from the indigenous communities were presented, including uh, Margot Robbins, who is a basket weaver, and she talked about how uh, the practice of cultural burning or preventive uh, fires, in fact, helps her in what she does herself. Um, the other story around indigenous, indigenous knowledge just uh, came out, uh, cover of the National Geographic magazine, America the Beautiful, and this also follows uh, what we're learning um, in terms of how the environment has been impacted in all the years that we have uh, moved away from uh, leaning in on traditional knowledge on how to save the environment. So. Um, this is a scene from uh, photographer Stephen Wilkes, who recorded this in this really incredible remote location from the Macaw Reservation in Washington State. Um, and in places across North America, as we know, um, most of this knowledge was suppressed for many years. But this episode expresses and explores the impact that um, ignoring that knowledge has had 
on the environment. And Stephen Wilkes himself, uh, you, you know, had to uh, go to many lengths and um, uh, to be able to get to this remote location to show what a pristine, beautiful America looks like if we can make sure that we take care of it uh, properly. Um, another story that I want to talk about is the importance of looking inward within your network. We have sister companies that we work with, with ESPN, with ABC, uh, and with Disney. And this is a collaboration we did with ESPN. Uh, we wanted to, during the pandemic uh, and before the Tokyo Olympics, be able to feature an athlete who was suffering from long-term uh, COVID. And at the same time, she was actually trying to make it to the Olympics and practice. So uh, we worked with her, our team, to get her an audio diary, uh, to record her own audio diaries. And in many ways, uh, her audio diaries ended up being um, really a visceral window into her emo emotional journey, uh, into you know, her unstoppable willpower to make it to the Olympics. In the end, she didn't make it to the Olympics, but the fact that we followed her on this journey uh, through these audio diaries that she would self-record uh, took us into a moment in time uh, around the global pandemic, but also how one athlete was hoping to be resilient. She was, even though she didn't win. Um, looking ahead to Hispanic Heritage Month, we are working with uh, National Geographic Latin America and uh, Radio Disney uh, to feature Lo Que Haces Cuenta, which is a very popular podcast in uh, Mexico and in Latin America, leaning in on the global conversation about uh, the climate crisis. And so we are gonna be featuring uh, Jordan Salama, who is a reporting resident at National Geographic and uh, learning more about this particular podcast. Again, looking at ways that you might not uh, think about when uh, doing a podcast and wanting to include a lot of voices. It could be that you turn to others in your own community who are featuring remarkable work and be able to collaborate together. And here it's fascinating because when Jordan Salama talks about his stories on TikTok, uh, even though the stories are in English, he talks about them in Spanish. And uh, those are some of his most popular stories. So with regarding editorial collaborations, the two previous ones I talked about were internal. So these are Disney uh, podcasts, uh, ESPN, and also uh, Radio Disney. 
But we also look to um, communicate and engage with scientific communities outside of the National Geographic Network. Uh, in this case, uh, the Joy Trip Project and journalist James Edward Mills, uh, there was a moment, triumphant moment, when a group of African Americans uh, made it to the top of the Everest summit. It was the first time an all-black uh, uh, group of climbers and mountaineers had joined uh, Sherpas to get to the top of Everest. We weren't there. We didn't have a photographer there, but James Edward Mills was there, and he had interviewed one of the mountaineers on Base Camp One. And so we took that audio and worked with him and did a podcast on it. I think it does matter, particularly because in the sport of mountaineering, people of African descent are, are underrepresented, you know, and, and underrepresented is a euphemistic word to describe how scarce black people really are in the sport. So I think that by representing, you know, black people dedicated to achieving something like this exhibits a positive representation for black people who may be interested in the outdoors or who may be, you know, just developing their skills in the outdoors and make them feel like, you know, that's a space for them as well. It's a recreative space, it's a professional space for black people to aspire to as well. And that's the beauty of audio, is that we're also a new vehicle for National Geographic for storytelling. Uh, there's opportunities that we can reach exploration in new ways if, again, there was an, ex an explorer on the top of Mount Everest documenting this, we can actually create audio stories around it. Another project we did uh, collaboration was with Project Drawdown. And this is a, a group that uh, looks into uh, climate resistance, and they feature different uh, climate champions, they call. And so this was interesting because um, they featured uh, three different African-American uh, environmentalists inside the city of Pittsburgh. Again, a story that we wouldn't at National Geographic necessarily have been able to get to. And speaking back about creative expression and allowing for different cultural expression to manifest itself on a podcast and not being, uh, you know, uh, only locked into a certain format. Matt Scott, who was the storyteller, uh, asked for this particular environmentalist to talk about her work through her song because she's also a performer. So we'll listen to about 45 seconds of this. For so long the people have been pressed down. The system got me wonder where to break down. Sun up to sun down, working for my ransom. Trying not to feel like I'm left out. But moving forward, I got wet. That's Clara Katanko performing her original song, Roots, while sitting in a tree nursery in Lawrenceville, just off the 62nd Street Bridge. Clara is program manager of the One Tree for Child program at Tree Pittsburgh, an environmental nonprofit dedicated to restoring and protecting the urban forest through tree planting and care, education, advocacy, and land conservation. As a performing artist, tree tender, and educator, it's no wonder that Clara connects to climate solutions through her music. So as you can tell, the song is really about getting to like the root of the issues, things that really matter. The second verse actually goes like, Nobody has a put up will ever block us. If we unite, there is no way they can stop us. 
And uh, leading into the fourth pillar of how we bring together communities and help them share their stories is obviously innovation. Uh, we created a project called SoundBank, and this is an automated database where explorers from around the world are uploading up to two minutes of distinct sound from nature. And so uh, we're working with National Geographic Society as well as uh, National Geographic partners with photographers and uh, explorers who are on assignment. And uh, for example, explorer Vijay Ramesh sent us this sound from a dole in India. We have uh, explorer Aida Otaloria uh, Ardia, who has uploaded sounds from bat species in Colombia. She uses acoustive passive audio recording for her scientific research. We have heard from Babak Tafreshi, explorer Babak Tafreshi. He has recorded on his iPhone two loons talking to each other across a lake in Maine. And what is significant is that light pollution is not allowing loons to be able to communicate with each other as much. But when the night is dark and the stars are out, you hear these two loons talking to each other and communicating across a lake. Uh, so really amazing opportunity for explorers to have a new distribution platform Yes, currently this is a pilot project. It is not open to the public. But imagine National Geographic having their own database of distinct sound recorded by explorers around the world. We are then working with the amazing Cheryl Ottenritter, who is here, on spatial, new spatial audio frontiers. Uh, this is from her studio uh, in Silver Spring, Maryland. So we're taking some of the stories from SoundBank and we're working with those explorers to now tell us more. What is the science behind the bat species that you're hearing using this incredible microphone uh, that is mostly ultrasound in this case? Uh, how are the sounds of healthy oceans uh, and coral reefs different from the sound of oceans that are uh, polluted and um, that have been you know, that are in peril. And so currently we are working with um, explorers. This is our team. So we went and visited Cheryl's team and we take the whole team because this is inspiring. You want your teams to also be part of the future. As much as this is difficult, in addition to the episodes that they're producing, 52 episodes for Overheard, we also make time to put in these windows and opportunities to learn about this future of uh, 3D audio content. Uh, and our uh, producer, Brian Gutierrez, has also uh, proofed our little podcast studio at National Geographic headquarters to also be uh, spatial audio. So for example, the head of the Jane Goodall Institute, the head of the National Geographic Museum, uh, Fred Hebert, the archaeologist from National Geographic Society, came to this room and heard our stories from the Serengeti. And, um, the loons, and it was really moving to them to be able to hear these, this content in 3D. Uh, these are currently the explorers that we are working with. So Explorer Narupa Rao in India, Aida uh, Otaloria Ardia, as I mentioned, and also Explorer Ashley Lillis. Uh, what's more and more we're finding is that many of these explorers actually use uh, sound in their audio toolkit. You wouldn't necessarily know that, except now that we're podcasters, it's like, oh, well, maybe you can, we can incorporate you more 
in our stories and in our production. So uh, that's been really exciting. And these are currently three uh, explorers or photographers or National Geographic staff members in the field uh, with uh, Zoom H3 mics, spatial mics. So Keely Yuan just reported in from the Ecuadorian Amazon, and he's like, Devar, don't worry, I'm also capturing audio. Uh, obviously, he's a photographer. Like, that's not his job, but he's very excited about being able to present the Ecuadorial Amazon in 3D. Uh, Sylvia is traveling with Tara Roberts to South Africa. This is a story, two stories she's doing. One is featuring the longest-running actor in The Lion King, who is from South Africa, following her, her journey and learning more about her, uh, and then also uh, learning about two explorers who are working to train Africans to become media producers. These are the two stories she's recording. And then, of course, uh, I don't know if you know Tom Peshek. He is spending two years in the Amazon, and we have also given him one of these mics. In terms of you know, the impact that we're having, uh, I think that's the most important thing that we're working through, right? Because we're young, we're a new division at National Geographic. It's really important, and hopefully you'll meet my colleague Sarah Polder later, it's really important that we work in collaboration with the marketing, with the business teams to understand where do we wanna go with this content? Yes, we're winning awards, so we won the best AMBI award for knowledge, science, and technology show. Uh, we have won you know, many different, I think eight different awards just in the last year. We were also just named as a finalist for the Jackson Wild Emerging Platform for Into the Depths. We find out later in September about that. But how are we able to monetize this? Uh, it's really important to be able to show that of the top 10 um, episodes that have been downloaded the most in the past two years, five of them feature explorers of color. Ruddy Roy, Tomas Ayuso, right? Uh, Prasanjit Nadav, uh, Yadav. It's important because we have to show that this work is also making an impact on people are listening, right? We can't just create these stories and not be able to show who the audience is or the hunger for it. Again, remember that podcasting space is changing. There are more diverse audiences listening to podcasting than ever before. And so clearly, we can't only be speaking to one uh, portion of the audience. We have to make sure that we're creating content that is gonna be interesting and inviting to new audiences. Uh, here we are also in the last year doing a lot of outreach. So we were part of podcast movement in March. We're here uh, today. We um, were at the AMBI Awards. This is our senior editor, Eli Chen. And at the Essence Festival, Disney had a huge um, uh, opportunity to be there and to be able to invite Explorer Tara Roberts, uh, executive editor Deborah Adams Simmons, Carla Wills, all of these to celebrate the work that we've done together because it's important to amplify this work. You can't only have this work, right, live in a podcast. It has to be amplified. You have to have audience engagement strategies to reach these new audiences. Uh, we spoke at Project Voice in Chattanooga 
uh, in audiences in front of Google and Amazon because we're interested in the future of artificial intelligence. We are interested in understanding how our content, if we put the right metadata around it, can be found in new and dynamic ways. Maybe it won't be in a podcast, but it could be in someone's car. It could be in someone's smart speaker. There are currently one billion devices that allow you to play immersive audio in them. Uh, so. What is the future of audio for National Geographic? Can it be explored through artificial intelligence and can people find it in new and dynamic ways? Because that is our responsibility. We're an institution that is 134 something years old and amazing that we get to create these kinds of stories together. Uh, we also sent one of our producers to the Institute for Journalism and Natural Resources workshop in Minnesota. This was um, a group of indigenous journalists who give trainings. How do you cover the indigenous community? What kinds of things should be, you be aware of? What kinds of stereotypical things should you not do when you're interviewing an indigenous person? So learning is part of our journey. We don't know everything. We have workshops once a year where we bring experts from sound industry to teach us because we want to make sure that we don't just silo ourselves and stay in one place. We want to make sure that we're always giving ourselves opportunities to learn and grow. And also, you might have heard that NASA announced that National Geographic is the official storyteller of the next mission to the moon. So that is the Artemis project. And so we are working with photographer Dan Winters, who is at the Kennedy Center. Uh, the next launch of Artemis One is going to be on August 29th. And uh, we are working with him to have a Zoom H3 mic at the launch so that one of the stories we hope to work with Cheryl on is uh, the launch of a rocket to uh, space in 3D and the process that a National Geographic photographer goes through. Where do you put the cameras? Where did you place this 3D ambisonic microphone to capture this story? So that's some of the things uh, that are coming up. Um, you can tell that I'm, I love my job. <laughs> uh, but I'd love to leave 10 minutes for any uh, questions. And also, make sure you know that Sarah's here also. If you have any questions, you could ask both of us. So thank you so much. Sure. I'm Deborah, and I'm with Swell Audio. You mentioned something that caught my ear about Into the Depths when you talked about trauma and you wanted to bring in the human experience. And it reminded me of the challenge that audio story, story builders have around like drama versus trauma. And that fine line between capturing people's attention and moving them forward and getting them excited, but not doing it inappropriately. Can you speak a little bit to that art of capturing the trauma without being over dramatic, because I know that people um, want to be pulled into the next moment, but you have to do it with the kind of sensitivity that you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's because we're lucky we're at National Geographic. We're explorers, we're adventurers. We want to take you to destinations to the wild and beautiful places on Earth. And so, how can we do that if we only focus on a portion of it that um, is not potentially going to be? as um, you know, draw audiences in to be able to be with you for the full story. And also I think um, in this context, it was because uh, the majority of the people who were producing this were African-American. 
very important because you can't, you know, parachute in and do a story like this and say, oh, let's stay away from the drama or trauma and you're not African-American. That's insulting, right? But when you empower producers from different cultural backgrounds to be able to step in, right, to National Geographic, to be able to be part of the creation of these monumental stories, it's empowering and it is also an opportunity to stop and say, tell me about the exploration side of this. Tell me about the journey, that what you have learned from the scientists, what you have learned from the historians. Uh, and so that's pretty much how we did it with Into the Depths. Uh, hi, my name is Eric. I'm with the River Podcast Network in Columbus, Ohio. And um, I just had a question regarding your implementation of immersive audio. Can you go into a little bit more detail about what you mean? Because uh, oftentimes what I find is people say immersive audio, and that can mean a variety of things, including uh, spatial audio with head tracking or just a binaural experience. Like, So what is, what is the... Um, what is the extent of your implementation using spatial or immersive audio in your storytelling? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we are using Dolby Atmos technology, and so that is spatial audio. And I'd love you to come to 345. Cheryl is going to be speaking, and she can be a lot more technical. And feel free, Alexa, if you want Cheryl to answer this question as well. But um, the thing that is beautiful about uh, Dolby Atmos software is that it allows you to be able to um, ask the explorers for directional notes. So in the case of the Serengeti, Peter Gwen, our co-host and uh, editor at large at National Geographic was there, right? He was recording. So he said, Devar, the female hyenas were standing in the back and they were barking orders to the male hyenas who wanted to grab you know, the kill from the lion. And so, in a sense, we can mix that in spatial audio so that when you're listening to the story and you have microphones above your head, microphones around you, or in AirPods, and uh, once other podcast platforms like Apple and others start distributing in spatial audio, you will be able to immerse yourself in a portion of nature that you would never, ever experience in your life. And I think that's why it's an amazingly beautiful medium for National Geographic. But Cheryl, did you want to add anything? Uh, I, think you, I think you did great. Um, you're speaking more to a, a traditional binaural experience. Um, Dolby Atmos does output binaural, and in there you can code you know, how you want that track. They don't want to get too technical, but um, I'm happy to talk to you after and get more, more into it, if, if that's okay. All right, and uh, any, as well, anybody else? Yeah, and the cool thing is any piece of audio, you can actually pull it out in, you know, many different ways, but even up to 22 different ways, you could be able to, you know, put people in a space um, through one piece of audio because of the Dolby Atmos uh, software. Wonderful, so Disney has an amazing uh, display for all of Disney podcasts. I hope that you come and meet us and talk to us and learn more. Oh, there is one other question. 
Hi, I'm, I'm Mike Sasso. I, I produce one of Bloomberg News' podcasts on economics. I was really intrigued by the, your use of a, of a poet. Um, was that somebody that you have on staff? Or she just happens to be a poet and she has another job? Kind of interested in incorporating some more unusual elements like that into my podcast. Absolutely. It goes back to creative expression, right? Don't limit yourself that because you're with Bloomberg Economics that you have to do certain you know, a podcast or a story in a certain way. Uh, in the context of this, we knew that there were five ships that we wanted to lean in on for this series, right? So uh, as you think about how to tell the story of each ship, uh, the director, Francesca Panetta, worked with Aaliyah Pierce, who happened to be a spoken word poet, right? So, but remember, she came on as a researcher. It wasn't that she was there in, f in her full poet self. She was there as a researcher. And once we understood that telling these stories would be much more profound if uh, Aaliyah took her imagination and that we had fact checkers check her facts and be able to express it in such a remarkable and poignant way. So I think, um, you know, the future honestly is so open in terms of how you want to use audio, uh, if you want to have narrators, if you want to have poets, and really, in the future, AI voices. I mean, I'm going to test them, okay? I want to be able to understand how we can use automated audio sounds in new and dynamic ways. One of the episodes that we did on Overheard on the future of artificial intelligence, we actually had a co-host, an AI co-host with us. We named her Natalie. And so Natalie told the story and reacted to it along with our co-host, Brian Gutierrez. But it was a tool because we were feeding the AI what to say. In this case, it was a speech, uh, a text-to-speech application from Amazon. So uh, what are ways that, for example, marketers are using AI voices to track their promos? Because, you know, uh, it's one of those things where if you want to think about the future of automation, how can you use audio in new and dynamic ways? So we're not gonna do that <clears throat> in terms of um, our storytelling, but we are going to play with audio and sound and automation to be able to see if there's ways to integrate it to make us more efficient, but also to make us innovative and to make us um, make sure that we are understanding the industry around us. Cool. Okay, thank you so much.